If, if you didn't know, I just got back from China uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I don't know, some time ago. This summer I was in China, and uh, it was an amazing trip. Went with uh, nine individuals, uh, three of us from this church, and uh, it was just an amazing time um, that we, we had over there. Basically, our mission that we had, and I, and I say mission, I don't say it lightly because it was completely like, like when you think of like video games, like Splinter Cell, I don't know if any of you guys are gamers out here, but like it was the most intense like spy game thing ever, like mission style. It was like undercover for Jesus, no lie, and I'm not even lying about that. Because our mission was this, we had 5,000 uh, gospel tracks per person that we were to go over to China, fly into Beijing, go to some cities uh, in China and distribute these tracks uh, into different cities, into different homes, and um, like in, in mailboxes and that kind of stuff. So 5,000 each person, nine people, you can do the math. We had 45,000 tracks that we brought over the border. Um, and you're thinking, how did you bring them over the border? Well, yes, it was uh, semi-illegal. Uh, to do that because China is a communist country still. And so I say still because they're working on things, especially this year. It's pretty cool because the Olympics are going to be there uh, next summer, I believe. And, uh, and they're working on, on opening up a little bit of some doors of bringing the gospel in through, through the Olympics. So it's going to be awesome to see God do some cool things there. But we were to take these tracks over, pack them in our suitcase. And it was funny when we were packing because I'm packing these things, and they're, they're in bricks like this of, of, of 50. And so they told us, okay, you need to get 5,000 of these things in your suitcase with your clothes and everything. I'm thinking, well, that's uh, going to be quite a feat to accomplish. And so I'm putting these things in my suitcase, and like after about 15 minutes, I mean, it's just looking like this thing goes through a scanner. It's going to look like I'm carrying over like 50 pounds of like, cocaine or something like it's just all brick pattern it looks just like a solid brick of something these people are going to be like hmm, wait a second I'm gonna look in that bag so i'm like scattering them trying to make like little shapes out of them make it look like it's something not drug paraphernalia um but we were to take these in basically we go in uh, we fly into beijing go through customs and just pray the whole way and uh, we had we had a bag Basically, we couldn't fit all these tracks in one bag, so we had to go to Target and or Walmart, one of the two, and buy another duffel bag. So we had these two bags, and we just prayed as we went over the border. And, and literally, that's it. And people ask me, like, didn't they search you? That's what, that's what God's for. Because we just prayed. We said, God, would you just uh, watch over these bags? Um, as we go through, let them let just think we're just regular tourists, just coming in to see the country, take some photos, and leave. And so we just prayed for that. We went through, got through fine with all 45,000 gospel tracts. And so what we were to do is go into different cities, and we would basically drive into a city by bus or taxi or train or whatever kind of transportation uh, that we had available to us. And we'd get into a city, and basically we'd get in, we'd find a hotel, um, get in our hotel, hang out, get some sleep, just basically lay low for the day. Um, once about nine, ten o'clock rolls around, we get up, start folding tracks. And we had to fold these into uh, half, half pieces of paper, and we'd stuff them in our, in our, basically on us. We had these vests that the missionaries over there gave us, and uh, it was pretty cool. It was kind of goofy looking, but they're pretty cool vests because they're like all like 
secret agent style vests. Like they had secret compartments in the back, and like if someone ever saw you, you could just like totally be hiding, you know, a thousand tracks on you, and no, they wouldn't even know it. So it was pretty cool. We were, just had cargo pants. I mean, we looked like we were like, I mean, I looked fat. Not gonna lie, walking around just like, this is awesome. Remington's back here with this like vest, and it's out to here all the way around. So he's looking like Homer Simpson, just like walking around with this big old belt. It was so funny. Um, but we'd, we'd suit up, we'd get all these tracks on us. We had about a thousand or so that we'd have to get out each night. Um, and we'd go out about 11 o'clock at night. And we'd, we'd walk to the far end of the one city. And uh, we'd, we'd just start there and we'd just start walking. Three American guys just walking. We'd drop tracks in, in front of homes, in front of uh, storefronts. Um, we do it all undercover in the night. And so it was pretty exciting. If, if you're not getting the whole idea of this, it was pretty exciting. There were some nights where, you know, we'd see people walking. We'd, all three of us would be down some alley, like, just hiding with our hoods on, just waiting for people to walk by, and then we'd come out. And it was, it was quite intense. Uh, but that was our mission. We were to go over there and distribute these tracks however we could. During the days, we would get on a bus, and... Um, we would get the first bus out of town because once people started waking up, they would think, man, I thought I saw three Americans in our city this week or last night, and then all of a sudden now I have this gospel track in my front door. And so we didn't want people to start putting two two together. So we were on the first train or the first bus out of town before the lights came up, 5 o'clock in the morning. And on the bus, uh, this was by far the coolest part if you talk to Remington or me or Adam, any of the guys that went, um, this is probably the coolest part of the whole trip. We were on the bus, and we had two guys watching and blocking for the one person that was throwing the tracks out the window of the bus. And so we'd be on a bus anywhere from three hours to some days 12, 13 hours on a bus, and we're just throwing these things out. And it was awesome because you could get these things, like you can get your technique down, like your flick, and you just start seeing people like walking on the side of the road and you just be like, all right, I got this one. And you're just flicking them, like trying to hit them in the leg, you know, that kind of stuff. We've made like a point system. Like if you hit a person in the, in the leg, it's worth 10. If you hit them in the head, it's like 100 points. That kind of, hit them in the eye, it's just like you win for the day instantly. Just kidding. All the, everyone's like, oh, poor Chinese people. It was paper, folks. It was paper. So... But yeah, we were, we were just flicking these things out the window, and it was amazing to see people turn around, maybe they'd get hit in the leg or something by this track. They'd pick it up and begin to read it, and you're just praying, God, thank you so much, because yeah, that could be the first time that this person has ever heard the gospel, and it was because of a bus drove by, they got hit with a piece of paper, turned around, picked it up, and they just received the gospel right there. And so it, it was definitely cool, but that was... Um, what we were doing over in China, that was our mission strip. That was our, our mandate from God of what we were to do. Um, this morning, I want to talk about taking a journey, um, uh, taking a journey in your life, but also more specifically, taking a journey uh, of one, one of the days in my journey in China. We were uh, somewhere, I have no idea where in China, but it was a day that I will never forget. It was a day that I will never forget in my whole entire life. Me, Remington, and Adam will never forget this, this one particular day as long as we live. Um, I want to talk to you about a journey that maybe you're taking in your life too. Maybe take my story, take your story, and hopefully be able to 
merge them together, and, and hopefully God will do something cool. But, you know, have you ever taken, like, a wrong turn? Anyone ever been driving somewhere and you've taken a wrong turn? All the guys are like, that's me. If your hand's not up, have your wife raise your hand for you. Because all of us have taken these wrong turns. It's the most frustrating thing. If you guys, some people know me more than other people in this place, and they know when I'm driving and I take a wrong turn, like, my frustration level goes from, like, a blue you know, in the blue level, and it, like, immediately to the orange, orangish red, like, instantly. I take a wrong turn, I'm, like, freaking out. Like, I hate this. I hate this. I'm, like, so frustrated. Shana's, like, like, calm down, Jeff. I'm, like, I, I just made a wrong turn. If you realize that we're out of our way now, it's going to take us at least 36 seconds to get back on track. We're off course. But, if, I mean, seriously, with me and, like, road trips, if I don't take at least three solid U-turns in a road trip, it's not a very good road trip. You know, and those are unnecessary U-turns. Like, those aren't supposed to be made. So I, I'm a U-turn taker. I'm a, I'm a person that just, I can get lost easily. I don't have, like, the GPS thing. I need one. If you guys have one, want to bless me with one, that would be amazing. Um, but if you still take wrong turns using the GPS with the little lady going, Turn left now. If you still get lost there, then you have a problem. Because <laughs> it doesn't get any simpler than that. But, you know, we have our destination in mind. We have the place where we're going to go. We know where we're headed. We have our map. Who has a map in their car? You guys, are you map people? You know, I forgot I'll do a second service, but I was going to bring in this map from Shana's car. And I, it's, it probably weighs 50 pounds, this map. It's like one of those huge, like monster books that has every single map, bridge, everything in the whole entire, like, North America. And so it's, it's in the car, and we still take wrong turns. But, you know, you take these wrong turns, you get off course. You get in these places, in these situations where you were headed one way, you were going, everything was going good, and all of a sudden you just take a wrong turn. It's, it's not, you can't explain it, you just don't know where you did something wrong but you took a wrong turn. In our lives, you know, we have, we have everything necessary. You know, we have, like, we're going to church. We're doing the thing. We got our Bibles, got our name printed on the front in gold, and, like, we got everything going. We're going good. We got a job. We're doing where the pastor said a few months ago, he's just plodding along one step in front of the other, and that's just our lives. And we keep going. We're just, we're just doing everything. We got, we got our destination. We want to be a good person. We want to be a good Christian. We want to have a great family. We're just headed we're just going. And all of a sudden, you kind of turn around and you just go, man, did I, I made a wrong turn somewhere. And you find your, yourself in the situation or in life where you're just like, somewhere along the lines, I just made a wrong turn. I don't know where. I was headed good. I was reading my Bible. I was coming to church once a week. Somewhere, I just kind of made a wrong turn. I want to start you off uh, just with my day on our first bus station. And so we went, we were in a city, we had already done the um, tracking at night and, and delivered these tracks at the city. We were up at about 4.45 in the morning after going to sleep at 3 a.m., and that was mostly our schedule. And um, we were at this bus station, and this is where our day began. A long, long day began. Five o'clock in the morning, I was at the bus station, and I had the other two guys watching the bags as I usually went up to the, the ticket counter and talked to this lady um, and tried to get us to our next city. And basically how we did it was we had a phrase book and we had a piece of paper. 
that said something, and I'm just praying that it said the right city, and I would just hold that paper up, and she would hopefully understand that I want to go to that city. And so that's basically how I communicated. I did a lot of like the pointing. I'd circle a lot, maybe tap the paper a little bit, and that was my form of communication to these Chinese people. And so we were at the ticket counter, and I was, I was you know, showing her I need to get here, and she was trying to tell me something. I have no idea what she was trying to tell me. But it's 5 a.m., it's dark, I was trying to get on this bus to get the heck out of Dodge because we needed to get out of there. Sun was coming up, people were starting to wake up, I'm kind of starting to freak out a little bit. We need to get out of this city right now. And so we have about, you know, 14,000 tracks in our bags at this point. I want to get out of this city pretty quick. And so she was trying to tell me, that, you know, you, we don't have a bus that's going to that city, and I, and I don't know what she's talking about. So she's telling me this. And so, of course, I don't understand. And so what does she do? Of course, she speaks louder. And so that was her form of trying to get it through to me. So she would just talk in Chinese louder to me. And I'm just going, I got nothing, lady. I'm trying to get here. I started pointing a little harder at the piece of paper, circling, underlining it. Anything I could do to get this lady, I need to get here. She, she, she didn't understand. She was trying to tell me that, that there's no bus that went there. So she decided to write it down on a piece of paper. Another very valid form of communication in most of the world, except for China. Because China is just a bunch of lines everywhere, all touching, and apparently it says something. And so she starts to write it out, and she turns the paper and slides it towards me. And I'm looking at this going, so I point at my paper, <laughs> slide it to her. No, right here, and then she starts tapping her paper. It's a very good form of communication, the tapping of the words that we want people to read. But... So I, I don't understand, so what does she do next? Of course, like any logical person, she would rewrite it bigger. <laughs> bigger. And I'm just thinking, am I missing something? I still don't read Chinese or speak Chinese. I don't know what you're saying, lady. So anyways, we went back and forth. Finally, I kind of started to get the gist that my bus doesn't go to that city. And so she wrote out where I need to go to get a bus that will go to this city. And so she wrote out this, this directions, and I got on the bus with the two guys, and I said, guys, I don't know where we're going, but this lady wrote something, and we're going to go there. Hopefully, there'll be a bus there that will take us to our final destination. And so these guys just trusted me with their lives. Their parents trusted me with their lives, too. And um, we got on this bus, and I have a little video clip here for you guys just to let you know just a little bit of what these buses were kind of like. sound. Hello, we're here on a uh, bus. There's uh, Remington right there, me, Adam. We are uh, on a bus that's about to kill us, coming out of the city that had the best in China. And the cheapest hotel rates of all time. So we're uh, getting the heck out of Dodge right now, <laughs> and uh, it's good. I'd like you guys to pay attention to our mustaches. Oh, yeah. There. Remington's got a little beard going, dude. And uh, we're headed to cities we don't know where we're going. Actually, and, uh, yeah, from us. Goodbye. Bye. All right. 
there wasn't a lot of paved roads in China where we were at. The, our, the, those buses were, were like that for three hours at a time of just like shaking and bouncing and people were getting sick and it was just like a crazy experience. But we were on that bus for about, about three hours. Um, this is just where our day got interesting. We, uh, we were on that bus and we drove that about, about two to three hours, and suddenly we're in the middle of nowhere. The middle of nowhere. All I got is this piece of paper that this lady wrote. I need to get to here, catch a bus, and that'll take us to our next stop. We're in the middle of nowhere. All of a sudden, this bus stops. I look at the guys. I said, guys, I don't know what's going on. But some little Chinese guy got up from the front, came back, said, okay, guys, you get off here all in Chinese, of course, pointing a lot, you know, get out of my bus. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I was assuming a bus station, maybe, like that we'd go to another bus station, get another nice little bus, and go to the next place. Nowhere in the middle of nowhere. Tells us, get off the bus. And um, so we got off the bus. And sure enough, it was probably the most weird, strange thing ever but there was just a bus sitting there in the middle of nowhere waiting for us to get on. And it was just like, I don't know if these guys are doing like Jedi mind thing to other bus drivers, like come here, meet us here. We have three big Americans that want to get on your bus, something. But there's a bus that just sitting there. And so I'm thinking, okay, I have, and I'm just pointing at my piece of paper again. We're getting here, right? Yeah, you're getting there. And so we got on that bus and, This happened two more times where we drove and drove and drove. And then all of a sudden, they'd stop in the middle of nowhere. They'd tell us to get off, and there's another bus waiting. And I'm going, God, my life and two individuals' lives are at your hands right now. In the middle of China, I have no idea where we're at, but I'm going to trust you. And so our day has been crazy up till now. Um, this is probably the first feeling that I got where we took a wrong turn somewhere. I mean, this city that we were supposed to go to was supposed to be um, a three-hour trip. And so I think there was some boat TV show back in the day that was something like this. Um, But it was supposed to be three hours, and all of a sudden now it's five, six hours later, three buses later, and I'm still... I have no idea where we're at, but I'm hoping we'll get to this next city. And so I thought, man, I, I think we took a wrong turn somewhere. I, I think somewhere along the lines, we got off track. But in our lives, we, we sometimes can think like this, can't we? Sometimes we can think, man, I, I was going here. I, I knew where I was going. I had these goals. And, and I had, you know, my relationship with God was going in a certain direction. And my family was going in a certain direction. And all of a sudden, we get miles outside of town or miles down the road in life, and all of a sudden it's like, where did I go wrong? What happened? All of a sudden things aren't working out, or sometimes you know finances are, are, are sticky and finances are rough, and we're just going, where did I make a wrong turn somewhere? Something happened. I had my sheet. I was going here. I had my Bible. I was trying to follow it, and all of a sudden now I'm in this place where it's just not where I thought I was going to end up. And so we took a wrong turn somewhere along the line. But you know what, God? 
God still has a plan. He still does have a plan. And that's kind of what I want to share about this morning is that God still has a plan. Even though we think that we took a wrong turn somewhere, God still had a plan. You see, for our lives that day, there was a bus waiting. Every time I thought, man, we are, we are going to die I mean, we're going, we're looking down cliffs on muddy roads, and these bus drivers are going all over the place. I'm thinking, Lord, this is it. We get to the middle of nowhere, hours later than I thought it should have been. And all of a sudden, what? There was a bus waiting there for us. And it was so God. I mean, it was just like the biggest God thing ever that these buses were there. But it, it's, like, it's like I relate this kind of like to my life that like, We'll be going, and we're like in the middle of nowhere, and what? God will provide that bus. And I want to encourage you this morning that there'll be a bus there. There'll be a bus. And sometimes we think, man, I didn't think I was going to go on this path. I didn't think I was going to have to take this detour to get to here in my life. But you know what? There's going to be a bus there that God's going to provide to get you back on track. And so I took that first bus, and I thought that first bus was going to take me back on track. But what? It led me to another bus. And there's a bus sitting there waiting for us. And in our life, guys, there will be these buses that are just waiting on the side of the road. It's like we we took these wrong turns, we got so far off, and all of a sudden God's going to put that bus in our life to get us back. And we need to trust Him in that. You know, He's not going to freak out. I was freaking out. God's not freaking out. He knows exactly what's going on. He's holding the map. I think I'm holding the map, but He's really holding the map. You know, I think we think we we got our little map of our life all laid out, and we're, we're looking at it. And we're going, okay, I want to do this at you know at 25. I'm going to get married, and then I'm going to take this left turn. And I'm going to have some kids. And I'm going to get here, and then I'm going to get promoted, and then I'm going to do this and have grand. And this is how my life is going to work. And God's going back, looking at the map, going, wait a second, no, we're going to take a right here. We're not going left. We're not doing that. I got this for you, and we got to trust God in that. It's, it's, this, it's this crazy thing, but it's this game called trust and faith that God has it all under control. Um, this day was only beginning, obviously, uh, but it, it was just a, a game of trust. It was a game that, God, you have the right path for me. You, uh, I, even though I think that I'm not on the right path, you have the right path. I looked up some verses. Just I just looked up paths, just kind of doing some studying, and it says in Psalms 119 and in 35, direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Direct me, God. See, that's a prayer of the, of the psalmist going, God, just direct me. I need your direction. And as soon as I do that, I find delight. You see, we can find delight in just praying that God would, would have our direction or have our path made. Even though we're not satisfied in that path, Sometimes we think, man, we should have gone this way, but we're so delighted in saying, God, I know you have a better plan. I know you have a better path. And as this day rolls along with, with, with us and the guys in China, I begin to realize that God really did have a plan, and I'll share that a little bit later. It also says in Psalms 119, uh, verse 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. You're saying, Jeff, I, I, I might be finding myself in that situation that you're talking about, where somewhere down the line, somewhere I just, I got off track. I don't know where it was, but I'm just off track. I'm off the path that I think that, that I should be on. I'll tell you this, if this isn't a part of your life, 
you're walking in the darkness. This is the light. You see, we're on these, when we're on these paths and we're on these places where, you know, we don't know where we're going. We, we need a light. We need, we need some help. This, this is a light for our feet. The Word of God, it, it, it says in Psalms that, that this is the light of our path. And we have to have the Word of God. We have to have it. It's, it's the only way to get back on track. So on our day, seven hours and three buses later, when it was supposed to take two buses maybe and three hours, we got into our last vehicle, and that was uh, Wong's taxi. That's Wong right there. Wong changed our life. And I don't say that lightly. This man right here was, I, I truly believe, and I, I even wrote this in my journal that day, I believe this was a, a, a 100% angel from, from God. This guy Wong and his taxi um, changed the way I, I view God. It changed the way a lot of the way I think about faith. Um, Wong did amazing things in my life um, because of things that he didn't even know he was doing. But as I begin to just share with you this morning just a little bit of, of his influence in our life and, and what happened. Um, the city that we finally ended up in where we've met Wong was a city that was about three hours away now. So now we've driven seven hours. It was supposed to take three, and we're still three away from our destination city. Sounds to me like a big waste of time. And so we're three hours away. I'm looking at the map going, yeah, we're, we're, we're still about three hours, guys. I'm sorry. It's seven, seven hours later. These guys want to get to sleep because that's like sleep means everything on a trip like this. It's like we just want to get in the hotel room and sleep for a little while. Um, but, you know, I began to panic. Panic started to set in because I don't know where I'm at. I know I'm kind of three hours, but I know I went seven hours detour, and I don't know how to get us to where we need to go. I, I really didn't. I really didn't. I, I began to panic personally. Didn't tell the guys, obviously, but I was like, I'm panicking. I, I don't know how to do this myself. I'm done. I, I've tried to get buses. That's not working. Um, but I, I'm here. I'm in a city finally. And uh, we need to get there. You know, I was, I was just panicking. Partly because when we got out of the bus on this one, we were instantly surrounded by little Chinese people. Like, everywhere. Like, they were like eight deep all around us. Like, we just got out and we're carrying our bags. And, like, you couldn't even take two steps without stepping on some little Chinese person. And so they were, it was seriously, it was the craziest thing. And you got to think, too, it's myself that's um, 6'4", 6'5". I had another guy with me that was about 6'1", 6'2", and weighed over 250 pounds. And so we were quite the sight to see in China, especially in these little cities where they probably have never even seen American. They're just like, like all these people just surrounding us, just like touching and like, uh, you know, they've probably only seen us in the movies and that kind of thing. So um, I begin to panic. I'm like freaking out all these people. I can't walk. I can't do anything. And all of a sudden we found this taxi guy and we got into his cab. And it was Wong's taxi cab. And uh, I, I, I sat down, I said, got my little piece of paper, and I pointed. I said, can you get me here? 
And he kind of looks at me and laughs. And I'm like, You know, I start highlighting it, circling it, you know, bringing it closer to him. Like, can you get me here? He started laughing. He said, okay, I, I, maybe I'm missing something, guys, but this isn't as funny as I thought it was. And so he gets over his friend and calls his buddy over. So I show him. He starts laughing. I'm thinking, what's funny about this city? There's something wrong with this city or something. And so come to find out, he, he was laughing because the city was three hours away. And a taxi cab in China, they pretty much do one mile, two miles at, at max. They're not going to do three-hour taxi cab rides, especially with the rates, uh, you know, that, that they were making. So, so he looks at me, and I'm just like, no, I need to get here. Like, I'm not joking around. And so he, he kind of signs for money, like, do you have money? And I said, yeah, I got, I got plenty of money. I just need to get here. I'm, I'm out of resources. I need you to get me here. I got plenty of money for you. So he goes, all right. Gets us in, stops, makes a stop, buys us some water, which was an amazing thing. Uh, buys us all some water, buys himself some packs of smokes, offers it to us, didn't take it. And um, we, we got on the road. We got on the road. Three-hour journey. Um, the the obstacles that came on this taxi cab ride. Now, you thought with the buses, that's where our story began. No, the, the real story begins in this taxi cab. Because this cab experience is something that I don't think I could ever mimic. I don't think I could ever duplicate because it was the most crazy, intense, out-of-control taxi cab ride I've ever been in. It was like the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland, like just for like hours of my day, just repeating. Um, but we had a lot of obstacles. But if, with all those obstacles, the point of this is God will always put someone in your life that will help you. God will always place that person. God will always bring that person into your life that will, that will make a difference. And you could, again, find yourself, man, I, I took a wrong turn somewhere. Something happened. But God's always going to bring that perfect person. You see, Wong was that person that was completely perfect for our situation. Uh, some of, the, some of the, uh, the obstacles we had was we had a few rock falls. I think I have a picture of um, one of the times where the, the bumper actually was ripped off the back of the car. Ripped like a fingernail, just right off the back of the car as we were going over this rock fall. I blame Adam. He was the bi- he's the big one in the group. And so I blame him that it got ripped off. But that was one obstacle. I have another obstacle here. Uh, we got a little video, too, to show you. Hopefully it will come out. It was on my phone camera. Long journey. Trying to get to our next city. One obstacle after another, and... We do have a rock slide. There's our, there's our driver checking things out up there. Adam might need to be doing some Paul Bunyan. Right there. So that was one of the many um, obstacles of this day. We, we actually got out of the car right there, started moving rocks with the other workers 
Chinese people were driving by like they couldn't believe their eyes. They saw three Americans working on the side of the road trying to move this rock fall. We, um, we came to a river. We had to get out of the car, help lift the car through the river. Um, we came upon another rock fall that we had to get out, actually lift the back end of the car up and walk it over these rocks. I mean, this was unbelievable. I mean, when I'm walking knee-deep through a river with a taxi cab in my hands, I knew I've, I've reached it. I've experienced everything I can in my life. I'm now carrying a taxi over a river in China. This is amazing. Gotta love missions work. But this was just amazing. But five and a half hours later, we arrive at our city. Praise God. I think that's why. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve and a half hours, we get to our city. God is good. Let me just say that. God is so good. He got us there. He got us there safe. We gained amazing experiences. But the, the whole thing that just boiled down for me was that God brought Wong into our life at the very specific time, at the very specific moment, right when we needed him the most. Right when we needed him the very most, God brought that person in. And so as, as I'm freaking out, as I'm just panicking, as I'm stressed, as I'm going through this, this, this you know, time in my life where I'm just like, I don't know if I'm going to make it out. I, I think I might have to call some parents to tell them that their son's not coming home. And I'm just freaking out going, God, what's going to happen? And all of a sudden a bus comes and we meet a bus. And I'm freaking out again and all of a sudden another bus comes. And we get on another bus and all of a sudden we get out and surrounded by Chinese people and all of a sudden one comes along. God is so good. And so God in our lives will put those people in our, in our path. You know, the thing is with this, we think that we're on this you see, I thought we took a wrong turn, and the kind of the whole point of this is to pull it back is that I thought we were on this completely wrong turn. I thought, man, my life is, or this trip is going off in the wrong direction. This is not the way it should have been. We should have been on this road. I'm looking at the map, and I believe in my heart to this day, and I never, I'll never sway from this idea that God wanted us to meet Wong. You see, Wong just changed my life. Just the fact that he was there, any other taxi driver probably would have, after a two-hour mark, three-hour mark, after lifting his car over a river with no bumper that's tied up with, you know, my luggage strap, any other taxi driver would have said, all right, I think you guys need to find another taxi. I'm going to go back home. He endured every minute of that, that trip. He stayed with us. He stayed faithful to us. He helped us out. No English, no Chinese. We just kind of laughed and smiled at each other pointed at our signs, and that was it. But I believe with all these wrong turns that we took, I believe that God, that was God's path for my life. That was God's path for our life. That's what he wanted. He wanted me to, to make all these turns and get into all these situations. Why? So he could bring me to this person, this little Chinese guy with a taxi cab. Because I believe we, changed, we definitely changed his life. We gave him a very, very generous tip. Very generous tip. If I told you of, of what it amounted to, of a tip, uh, it would probably blow some of us away. But I, I gave him a, a, a very hefty, um, probably months worth of, of work. 
And, and I just believe that God had it all under control. He had to have. You know, I look back and I look at my life and go, man, I, sometimes I think that I'm so off course. Sometimes I think that, man, my life, my life shouldn't have been like this. Maybe a job's not working out or finances are, are, are not very good right now. And man, I, I don't think that this is the way it should have been. But I believe that God has us on this path for a reason. He has us on this path because who knows down the road, you're, this path is going to lead to that one person that you're going to minister to, that you're going to witness to, that you're going to have an experience with that's going to change your life. And I believe wholeheartedly that the path that we're on today, the path that you're on today in your life, is exactly what God designed, exactly what God destined for your life. And even though the rough times, and even though the panic times, and even though the times where you're just like, I have no control over what's going on, God has control. He has that bus waiting around that corner. He has Wong waiting to help you out. Maybe you're thinking in your life, man, I've taken some wrong turns, and I've got my situation in this bad situation, and I brought my family with it. You see how many of you know that, that maybe a decision that you make will affect your family. And if you decide to take this wrong turn, then it will affect your family too. And maybe your kids are, are maybe going down that same path because of a choice you made. God's got our path mapped out. He's got it under control. As long as we're staying in our word, using this as a light of our path, and we're delighted in the fact that we just trust God in, 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 our, in our decisions. Trust God in, in where we're headed. And God's going to do great things in our life. He's going to do great things. I'm going to have Travis come back up. And I just want to give you a, a, just a chance to maybe respond to what God's speaking uh, to your life this morning. Maybe you're on that, you're on that path where you're going, man, I, I don't know what happened, but my life has taken a turn that I didn't expect. I thought I had it under control. I thought I had it under control. I thought that it was going good, but I'm on a path that, that, that I need help. I need God to send that bus. I need God to, to put that person in my life to help me get back, to help me get on a track that I believe that God wants me to be on. So as, as Travis plays, I'm going to just give you an opportunity just to respond to what God's doing. Maybe you're just, you just need to just stand and worship and thank God for keeping you on a good path and not wait till we're in this horrible situation to pray to God. You see, a lot of times God becomes this like lifeline. And it's like when we get in these bad times, it's the only time we ever pray, right? We need to be praising God. We need to be praying, God, keep me on the right path. Keep me on the path that you want me. And I trust you, even if it's a, if it's a, a, a bad situation in my life, I still believe that you have a plan and a purpose for it. So I'm going to ask you guys just to stand this morning. We're going to end time of worship. If you want prayer, uh, we'll be up here to pray for you, pray with you. If you want to just stand where you're, where you're standing, just worship God as we close out this morning. Let's just give God some time in response. This is my desire, Lord, have your way. Lord, would you have your way in our lives, God? Lord, your way, your way is the way we want to go. 
Lord, I just pray for these, this church, these people. God, that they might be on a path that they didn't think that they, their life was ever going to go down. God, but your way, God, let your way be, be done in our life, God. Lord, this week, God, we might take a path or meet somebody or, or God will place that person in our life. God, I pray that we would, we would bless them. We would, we would use us, God, to minister to the people around us, Lord, this week. Or take us now, God. Make us better people, God. Lord, better witnesses of you, Jesus. God, bless this place, God. Bless this church. Bless these people, these students, these adults, God. This morning, Jesus. Take us, God, as we go minister to people, Lord. In your name, amen. Have a great, great rest of the afternoon and a great week. Hi there. If my voice sounds familiar because you've just been listening to a message from me, my name's Carl Vaders. If the voice you're hearing now is different from the voice you just heard, well, either way, the message you just heard was preached at Cornerstone Christian Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. And we're just tagging this on to the end of, in case you got a copy of a copy of a copy of something, and I'm not sure where it came from. Cornerstone Christian Fellowship is located at 17575 Euclid Street in Fountain Valley, California. You can get a hold of us through the phone number 714-962-5412 or check us out on the web at cornerstonefv. That's cornerstonefv for fountainvalley.com.